You're listening to the Joy Junkies Show podcast, episode 338. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 338. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. It's on. <laughs> it's on. It's on. That, hey, pod people. That countdown is my favorite. You love the countdown. I, I totally, we both did like a jazz hand, like five. Yeah, five. Four, three, and it's go time. <laughs> Hello, audience. We are so thrilled to bring you another episode today. And this is something that came out of a conversation that happened in our after hours. After hours. Yeah, I threw you a bone there. <laughs> you did. I threw I was you. ready for you this time. <laughs> uh, our after hours community, which is our private Facebook group, and they were talking about grief. And I had done a podcast earlier this, well, I guess towards the end of last year during the holidays around dealing with grief during the holidays. But the last grief episode I did was probably four or five years ago. So I thought- that long? Wow. You know, there's there's some new content that I would like to present to everybody. And so if, if you're kind of out there going, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. I thought this was about being mad or sad. And it absolutely is. Grief is one of those things that we- we think is only reserved for death mm-hmm. or something incredibly excruciating like divorce. It's true. Yeah. But it is not. So I need you to hang in there with me because there is a chance that if you are in a real angry or sad place, that there is something that needs processing. So we'll talk all about that. But before we do, why don't why don't we get a little silly up in here? Get our silly on. That's right. All right. Well, we do a podcast. Uh, a podcast. We do an, uh, <laughs> rewind. <laughs> rewind that. We do a segment that is very silly, and we like to call it the Would You Rather. And today's <laughs> and Would You today. Rather is Would You Rather. Have the feeling that you have five beer bottles stuck on your on the fingers of one hand for a year. Just the feeling. The like, feeling. Like they're not really there. Not really there. Or <laughs> feel like you have a bucket stuck on one foot for a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, the original Would You Rather didn't have the feeling that you have. It was just like, would you rather have five beer bottles stuck on your fingers? And I'm like, yeah, you probably just go to the emergency room and get them removed or remove them yourself, right? But, 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 but. But, but, but. That but is, it's the feeling. That's, no, but you would be like. That would that, be a loophole. Exactly. You would say that is not how I know. Would You Rathers work. But it's realistic to think that you would have the feeling of five beer bottles stuck on your fingers or a bucket on your foot, right? You could That could happen. Well, so. If it's just the feeling. It's rare, but it could happen. But this also brings up the whole idea around like phantom limbs. Sure. And how sure, it's sure. not there, but you still experience pain or right. you, strength or whatever you have. So this isn't painful. It's just annoying. It's just feeling something that's not there. Yeah, yeah Which yeah. is so crazy that to me. That is weird, yeah. So could you then, because I'm thinking about in your career, like working with your hands constantly. Yeah. So for me, 
if I'm like waving my hands around all the time. <laughs> You're waving five beer bottles around. Yeah. and But I could get used to the fact that they're not really there and it just feels like it. I don't think you could ever get used to that. Maybe you could. For over a year? Yeah, yeah, Sure yeah. you can. Sure, sure. But, but for you, like, how would that be working on people's bodies? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Would that's it true. affect? Well, I'd probably go with the, no, I don't think I'd go with the bucket. I think I'd go with the, the five I'd, beer bottles. I think I'd go with the bucket. You're going with the bucket? The fuck it bucket? But uh, chuck it in the fuck it bucket. Chuck it in the fuck it bucket. Well, maybe, okay, but would it totally give me a gangster lean? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Totally What's that have, called? A crip walk? You totally have a white girl swag. <laughs> I don't think so. That was funny because there's the theme here. There's a oh white girl theme today yeah. because when we were warming up the mics, <laughs> sometimes we we were like, "Hey, throwing the mic over to you, throwing the mic over to me," and, and you're I like, was like, "One, two, one, two, over here." Over. <laughs> Just not wildly unhip. Yeah, very white girl. Very embarrassing. And I think it's the whitest thing you've ever done. No, I there's so many white things. You I've do a done. lot of white things. I do a lot of white things. <laughs> Knitting. <laughs> Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. That is very white. Not yeah, eating right. gluten. <laughs> gluten will fuck a white person up. It's very scary. <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh that's hilarious okay so i think i would do the bucket just because i think it would be although when i think about sitting at my desk what i i would always have to contend with feeling like i couldn't push my chair in all the way or or, or if the beer bottles are there and you have your hand around your face you're hitting yourself in the face with the beer bottles that it right? you, you would really the... really up to the ante with the feeling part yeah I did. You're you're very I'm proud. Of it. You're really happy. I'm, I'm kind of proud about it. So. You got the smuggest <laughs> look. I want to smack <laughs> off your face. <laughs> well, you can't because you're far away. That's right. That's right. There's so much equipment in the way. Like there's yeah, just yeah, no yeah. way. It, I it would even, be a, It wouldn't be worth it. Actually, it might make a good podcast if you tried to like. Oh my god! Get it on. Bring it, girl. <laughs> I would get. You would just be like <laughs> flick with <laughs> your fingers, and I would fly across the room. Oh, my gosh. Oh, baby, I would never do that. I know you wouldn't. You're such a gentle giant. All right, so we would love to hear what you would rather, and we talk about it every single week over in our After Hours community. (laughs) You are super redeeming yourself. I love it. So many points. So many points. I saw that look in your eye. Yeah. I saw saw it coming. That's how we communicate after 22 years. That's right. I just give you the eye. All right. So over in the After Hours community, it's very easy to get there. You just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It'll redirect you right over to our little corner of the internet. And I I must say, I have the best Facebook group out there. You do. I hear my colleagues complaining about their groups and how they have to kick people out or that people are always trying to sell their shit or – and. This is the most loving, supportive, incredible camaraderie I think that you can find. And we stay very much on task. So we talk about the Would You Rather every Monday. We do a warm, fuzzy Wednesday where you give shout-outs to people. I do a bonus training on Thursdays called Q and Slay where you can ask me any sorts of questions that come up where you might want some clarity. So it's just a really awesome, awesome community. New Friends Friday. New Friends Friday. That's right. I think that's everything that I wanted to say about After Hours, thejoyjunkie.com slash club. You will club. not regret it. Yeah, all up in the club. All up in the club. The club. All right. Hashtag white girl. <laughs> 
All right. So let's talk a little bit about this concept of grief. Let's get serial. Let's get totally serial. And I think for many people listening, what we don't realize is that so much of our discomfort in life, and myself very much included, and I'll share some anecdotes with you, the situations that incur a lot of uh, sadness or or depression or anger can oftentimes be something that has been a change in your life that you haven't given the proper credence to. You haven't looked at it as something that actually needs processing or grieving or mourning. And I know those terms sound incredibly hyperbolic and dramatic. And, you know, we think of like, I don't need to grieve if I change a job or I don't need to grieve that my kids are out of the house or it's actually you do. And maybe that word, maybe it's a semantics thing and that word doesn't hit home as much. But I want to start this episode episode by talking about a definition of grief that comes from the grief recovery method. And I'm going to link to their website in the show notes because they have a lot of great insight around oh, grief. Oh, cool. Okay. But this is what they say, the defini- their definition of grief. Grief is the normal and natural emotional reaction to loss or change of any kind. Hmm. Change of any kind. I need you all to hear that. Grief. Like it, pocket change? <laughs> not that kind of change. Do not fuck this up for so me. So it's not change of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's, Do it's not a, ruin this for it's me. It's a serious topic. I'm sorry. Okay. One of the ways people try to deal with it is through humor. Humor, yeah. Yeah. Maybe They're I'm, just deflecting. I'm dealing with my grief right now. That's right. Let's start over. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Grief is the normal and natural emotional reaction to loss or change of any kind, not monetary change. Grief is the conflicting feelings. That's another thing I want you to think about. Caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern or behavior. Huh. Okay. So have you ever had a situation where – Maybe like for me, I know when I would do community theater and I had put like three months into building an entire other character and identity and then they were essentially gone, done. I wasn't – I had a complete change in my behavior, a complete change in my pattern. I wasn't going to rehearsals. I wasn't working on this. I always hit a period after a show wrapped for about a week where I had to just grieve. Mm. And I had to give myself permission to be sad, to be a little bit angry, to just feel the loss of what was. So when you think about that, that seems like, are you kidding me? You don't have to grieve that. Yes, you do, actually. It's It's one of the most considerate things that you can do for your emotional health. Yeah, it makes sense. So you might relate to this. Have you ever had a situation where... Maybe you got rid of your first car and you got a new one. Oh, yeah. And you're like, why am I so sad about saying goodbye to my old car? Yeah, yeah. Well, my friend, because it is the conflicting feeling. It's a change. That's right. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. It is (laughs) the end of or a change in a familiar pattern or behavior. Mm -hmm. You're not – that's ending. And the conflicting feelings are – I'm sad about losing this, yeah. but I'm so excited about getting this other new car. Right, so it's a polar experience. Exactly. Gotcha. It happens when we move locations. Yeah. 
Uh, it happens when we change jobs or change yeah. career paths. It right. changes when we have changes in roles in our life. I, I'm sorry. I, I well, just had this conversation with ooh, a client. Tell me. Her husband just got a job in another state, very different state than the one that we're in. She just got promoted. So she's – but she works from home. So she's in a different role than she was in before. His job is now going to be different. Okay. Very different from what he's doing. So I was just talking with her, her about grieving those changes. Right. Grieving selling the home. Yes. Grieving uh, the role change that you have. Being comfortable with that. Right. Grieving that it's not your – I mean, it is her decision, but it's not really her position that's changing. It's his. Right. Right? Grieving with that part of it. Yeah. So it's all very exciting things that are happening. Yes. But they have to grieve the loss of the things that they have for right. the things that they're gaining. Yeah. That, I can totally see that. That's the whole conflicting feelings I totally situation. See yeah. But also just that it's an end of a pattern. Mm. It's the end of a pattern. And sometimes it's about just acknowledging even what your body can't do yeah. anymore, grieving the loss of mobility or, I mean, all sorts of things. I'm thinking the other way too. Like I have people that have to grieve that they're that they're getting out of an yes. uncomfortable body position. Yeah, because that was a, their identity. That was their identity. Yeah, I have fibromyalgia. I yeah. have plantar fasciitis. Exactly. I've got. I am cancer. Yeah. You know, like where you identify so wholeheartedly with it that you're kind of like, who am I as a healed, able-bodied person? Right. Yep. And so that's a level of grief, just in absolutely. the release of that too. Yeah, absolutely. So there you have it with the sort of the understanding of the definition. So we'll we'll dig into this more and, and give you some more examples. But what I also want to underline here is that there are varying degrees of grief. So it's very easy for us to start voting on how we feel. Like, why am I so torn up about leaving my childhood home and moving to this brand new gorgeous home that I'm so excited about? You know, why – this is ridiculous. I, everything's good. Why am I so upset about this new job that's everything I've ever wanted? This is ridiculous. People are dying. People mm -hmm. are dealing with death. They're dealing sure, with sure. divorce. They're dealing with financial bankruptcy. and So we start voting on what we are allowed to grieve. Mm -hmm. And that's really similar to like physical pain when you think about a paper cut versus like your arm getting cut off. Right. Yeah. There are varying degrees of pain, yeah. but they are still pain and they both still warrant care. They might have different levels of care, but it's not up to you to go. I shouldn't feel this way. It That's not helpful for anyone, because what that also does is that <laughs> I heard a great analogy about this was that's also like saying if other people are happier than me, I shouldn't be happy. You know, like just be like if other people have it worse than me, oh. I shouldn't I shouldn't be feel feel bad about what's happening in my sure. life. What's my excuse? Yeah, right? I shouldn't. Yeah. Well, if other people are happier than me or if other people have it better, then I shouldn't enjoy what I have. It just doesn't make <laughs> rational sense. Yeah, you don't get to compare happiness. You don't get to compare pain. Yeah. So keep that in mind, too, that everything that you feel doesn't get to be voted on. And I had this situation come up for me. I was talking about it with my mastermind because we've had so much change moving here to North Carolina. Yeah. And we're about two and a half years in. 
And we planned it, completely calculated it. We had to go through a period, both of us, you had to go through sort of a loss of your role and identity in the marriage because I took over as being the breadwinner for a good year. And as you built your practice, totally from scratch, that was a completely new experience. I completely changed my business model. We moved geographical locations. We had to – everything changed. We lost one of our pets, which Mm -hmm. was really sad. And then everything sort of calmed down when we bought this home and bought this – like really truly our dream home that we've been working for for decades. And I remember talking to my mastermind and I was like, I look around at this giant house and I have this amazing relationship with my husband. I'm so fortunate. I have this beautiful home. I have an incredible practice and beautiful clients. I'm studying hypnotherapy. I've got, you know, I'm a hypnotherapist now. I've got this beautiful new dog. You know, so many things are amazing. Why am I feeling this way? And they were totally like, but, 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 nope, nope. You do not get to vote on what you're feeling. And it's what I tell my students all the time, which is emotions are simply just messaging. They're there to tell you that something is awry or afoot. And all you need to do is pay attention to them. But so often, because our society is emotion phobic, that we will will go, oh, you're just – you're being dramatic. You're being too sensitive. You're reading too much into it. We have all these ways to say don't give your emotions credence. But what we don't realize is that the only way out is through. If we actually are allowing ourselves to sink into that – and we'll talk about what does that really look like – allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling and acknowledge like, wow – we did do so much in a very short amount of time. Yeah. So many things changed for us from being geographically close to people who were we, we loved immensely and were yeah. so intimately connected with to finding new uh, like mechanics <laughs> and financial people and Which I saw them found. You know, all of that kind of stuff like those things were The loss of our old vet, you know, Mm -hmm. just stuff like that that is legitimately a change in pattern. So when I started realizing that and started going, okay, I need to actually give credence to these emotions that I'm feeling, things totally started to shift for me. And addressing like, okay, I do need to say goodbye to some of these older patterns and especially – if you are a creature of habit and you love, love, love stability yeah. and being grounded and being calculated and you don't particularly love a bunch of change, <laughs> you know, if you're that, and that's very much me, you're a lot more adaptable. But that's one of the reasons why we didn't just pick up and move. Yeah. It was, no, I need a plan. I need to prepare. I need to get my head around this, yeah. you know, and we worked that plan. So that's just what I want to throw out there around the varying degrees of grief and not voting on what you feel around any of these scenarios. So some of the semantics around grief, if grief feels too intense of a word, like I don't need to grieve the loss of not being able to do the same workouts I used to be able to do. Like if that feels just too hyperbolic, then use something like processing. I'm really kind of processing. I'm sifting through. Hmm. I'm dealing with. I'm unpacking. This is the language you're going to use. Is that what you're saying? Right. I'm just saying adopt the semantics that work for you. Gotcha. So it could be any one of those. Uh Grief, mourning, processing, dealing with, unpacking, 
sifting through, something like that. So when do, when are you using that? In your head or like is there a specific Oh, time that's a great or... question. Uh, when you are starting to acknowledge. So usually our entry point is our emotions, right? And sure. I'll tell you right now, it's usually anger, which is a secondary emotion, which means that there's almost always a primary emotion behind it. I second that emotion. <laughs> <laughs> so, for example, if you're really, really furious, like, for example, we got in a little tiff earlier today. We did. And so my anger, when I looked at what was the feeling that was really behind it, it was frustration. It was uh, feeling a bit dismissed. Right. And when I looked back at that, I kind of went, oh, okay, that's what I was really upset about. We do this a lot of times with overwhelm. You know, we snap at people. And when we look at, okay, what was that really about? That wasn't really about watching that television show or you ate the last cracker or whatever it was. <laughs> it's usually I'm so fucking overwhelmed at work. I snapped. Yeah. So it usually shows up as anger in some form. And then also sadness or depression, something that feels low and just kind of blue. So those are the two places that we usually have the entry point where we go, okay, what am I feeling? And then you can use the semantics that you asked about. You. Then you can go into, you know what? I think I'm just really processing this move. Or I think I'm really just dealing with this career change. You could or, ask as a question too to like get your brain to think more about it. Yeah, say more about that. So if, if, if unless you really do feel like okay, yes, yeah, I'm this, I'm just processing the loss of this job, or right, you know, or you can say, is this the job that I'm trying to process? Mm -hmm. Because then you're asking yourself a question that has to be computed, right? And when you compute things, you usually get an answer. The but brain if you loves just, that. But if you just say. Um, oh, this must be because of the job. Then it kind of locks you into that. Right. You're kind of closed to that. But unless you have realized that that's what it is, then by all means, right. call it what it is, right? One of the things that I'll offer to students a lot of times is just saying, using the question of what is behind this emotion? Mm -hmm. What is this, what is this feeling really about? If you're not sure, if you're right? Not sure, right? And that can be really, really helpful because like you said, the brain loves – to uh, conclusions. Mm -hmm. So when you ask questions, it naturally wants to search for the answer. It naturally will start working towards that. Yeah. It's our computer. That's Absolutely. right. Okay. So here's a couple of ways where grief can show up. And I'm just going to use grief for the, the topic today because I also feel like it's one of those things that needs to be talked about more. You guys know I'm so all about emotional intelligence. I think we need to call a spade a spade, but I also feel like you have to start where you are. Yeah. So if that feels too dramatic, go with processing, unpacking, dealing with. Okay. So we mentioned some of these already, but I want you to think about, are there any cases here that are like, oh shit, that's what I'm up against. Okay. So obviously death. Obvious. Loss of any relationship. So this can be divorce. This can be severing a relationship with a sibling. It can be a friendship. It can be a work relationship. Loss of any type of friendship in any way. Changes in your health or your capabilities. So like we talked about earlier, incurring some kind of illness or releasing some kind of illness or even capability. I know that for me, I've had to really grapple with the loss of what I used to be able to do even in my workouts. 
Yeah. Like grieving the loss of my capabilities in my mm. workouts. Yeah. And acknowledging that. And I definitely went through the phase of being pissed about it and then being sad about it. And then I'm working towards the acceptance. So we'll talk also about the five stages of, of loss. Changes in career direction. This happened for me hugely when I was in probably my early to mid-20s and I shifted from makeup artistry into personal development. I went through a massive quarter-life crisis, which <laughs> you were quite having the front seat to. Yeah, <laughs> I did get to see it and, full view. And I had to really mourn the loss of the career I thought I was going to have. Yeah. Because I had yeah. worked my ass off moving up in this company. Yeah. And my path was laid out for me. They were very much promote from within. Yeah. They were always succession planning and training. And I knew where I wanted to go. And when I, when I finally came to peace with the fact that that was not what was in service of me, it wasn't really truly my heart's desire, I had to mourn that. Yeah. And really grieve it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kelly Clarkson, man. That's right. That <laughs> If you guys don't know the story, that is a huge piece. Uh, Kelly Clarkson's Breakaway. I was listening to it in, in the company car on the way home and just lost my shit. Yeah. And realized, okay, wow, this is not the direction that I want to go. All right. Uh, other ways grief shows up. Rejection. Of any kind. Oh, yeah. I could see that. You get passed over for a promotion. You get dumped. Somebody doesn't want to be your friend anymore. For me, in community theater, not getting the part, yeah. I would have to just grieve that right on out. <laughs> yeah. Now, the gestation period is totally different, right? Like sure, sure, sure. Dealing with the loss or the rejection in a theater production is going to be far shorter than dealing with the loss of a parent. Yeah. Right? Right. So again- Can be. It's going to be- Right. It can be. And then sometimes it's not at all. Right. It's a relief. Yeah. Uh, and that is- All of those things are okay. It's We don't get to vote on what we are feeling. Explain what you mean by we don't get to vote on. We don't get to say that's a bad feeling to have. Okay. You're not right for feeling that. Uh, okay. I'm a bad person or- I'm not right. Or... or you should be feeling this. Gotcha. Okay. So voting, judging, mm. labeling. Got it. I remember when my dad died and I went to a therapist and I, I kind of said, I feel like I should be way more broken up about this. And she was like, bop, bop, bop. <laughs> and she said, no, 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 no. You don't get to judge your feelings around this. Whatever you feel is completely fine. And I really think one of the reasons why I healed from that so quickly was because I dug deep into my grief immediately. You processed quickly. You did. I you definitely did. I went deep. I cried <laughs> constantly. I would be ch checking out at a grocery store, just bawling my eyes out, didn't care, pumping gas, bawling my eyes out, going through a drive through handing change over. That type of change. <laughs> you like that throwback? I do. And just crying and just not hiding my sorrow, my loss, take it to my knees sometimes. And it really was a good week I know. of that. There's some cultures that really allow for that. I know. You know, they really it's allow beautiful. for that sorrow. It's important. Um, and we don't here in, in the United States. And a lot of cultures don't. I know. I know. It's really something that 
is a massive disservice to us. And I think it's also something that is a problem around social media and the more technology dependent we are and the less connection we have with people. We're starting to, you know, say stuff online that we don't see the repercussions of it in real life. So For sure. I think we have to work harder at our emotional intelligence because of that. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. A couple of other things, changes in jobs. We talked about that. Dealing with change with somebody you love. For example, they are going through a divorce or they just got a diagnosis. They move away. Their child gets married. You can have sort of indirect grief like that where somebody you love is going through something and you're you know maybe maybe your daughter is getting a divorce and you love your son-in-law yeah, and you have to sure. grieve your child's divorce <laughs> right. that's okay too uh let's see changes in life roles we talked about this a little bit becoming a parent i know our sister has talked about this yeah. about she had a very pivotal moment where she went holy shit i'm never going to be somebody who doesn't have a child ever yeah, again right. i have to grieve the loss of not being a mother and she still grieves that but she's she's a lot more less attached to that yes and um is killing it at being a mom yeah, Killing absolutely. It. But she's looking at what she's feeling. Yeah, exactly. Because if you don't, the repercussion is illness, uh, anxiety disorders, addictions, lashing out at people. You know, it comes out some way. Yeah, you yeah. cannot deny that there, there's emotion there. Yeah. You can't it deny can it. It can come out as, you know, a breakout in acne. Uh, absolutely. Right? It can come out as... Um, uh, plantar fasciitis. That's right. <laughs> to bring it back. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So changes in life roles, becoming a parent, having an empty nest perhaps, maybe going into a caretaker role or releasing a caretaker role. Yeah. Change in material possessions, whether it's a loss or incurring something, thinking that it was supposed to make you happy and now it's not. It could be cars, houses, money, any type of geographical change. Any type of loss, big or small, even if you're gaining something else desirable, yeah. what we were talking about with your client. Yeah. And coming in real strong, <laughs> any childhood trauma or trauma of any kind. Coming in at number one. That is something that we overlook a lot. Yeah. But most of the time, it needs to be run through the stages of loss. Sure. And I remember in my hypnotherapy training, I had the great fortune to go study live in Los Angeles at the Hypnosis Motivation Institute this past September. And one of the instructors was we were going through the stages of loss. And and I said, if I have a client who is still locked in a lot of anger, let's say towards a parent, is that likely that they are still trapped in one of the, the stages of grief, you know, in the stages of loss? They're used synonymous, synonymously very often. Sure. And and we'll talk about that as well. But she she said, yes, most likely they are still grieving the loss of what they wish their parents were. Mm -hmm. Loss of freedom, loss of their own sense of identity. There could be a ton of different types of loss that if you, you know, for example, if you're still really furious at your ex, if you're really angry at something that continues to get you going, there's likely some sort of grief or loss that has not been addressed. Sure. And we'll talk about what that really looks like. But that is also something that I see constantly with my students in Deep Down and Dirty. What's Deep Down and Dirty? 
Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> what is this Deep Down and Dirty what you speak is, that of? What is that you speak of? Deep Down and Dirty is the only way that I work with clients. I got really clear about this a few years ago when I wanted to only work in radical transformation. I only wanted to do things that completely and dramatically change people's lives. And so I took the entirety of the body of work that I had been cultivating over a decade's time and put it into this program. And it's essentially around people who do not believe that they're enough. Mm. They don't believe that they're worthy, like deserving of love, deserving of having the things that they want in their life. They're gripped by perfectionism, people-pleasing, constantly caring what everybody else thinks, trying to control things Mm, and mm. wanting to end that cycle, realizing that it's not in service of you. They'd like to grieve that. They would like to grieve that and move the fuck on (laughs) and get to a place where they are actually their own biggest fan, where they believe that they are worthy, where they can look in the mirror and smile and love that person. And then that creates a massive ripple effect. I've seen people go on to... Uh, and extremely toxic relationships with either uh, relationships, marriages, or family dynamics where they don't tolerate any longer. I've seen people manifest soulmates, quit nice. smoking, lose weight, start businesses, go back to school, all sorts of things that they had been getting in their own way about. Sure. And it all comes back down to how do you view you? Mm-hmm. What do you really think about the person you are? That's belief work. I never talk about it really on on the show because it's – it's so intimate. But one of the things that I see consistently is the, are these things, things that, that haven't been dealt with in childhood, things that haven't been dealt almost always around people who are struggling in relationships, something they haven't dealt with around beliefs about being lovable. Yeah. And spoiler alert, that almost always goes back to childhood. That's <laughs> why sure. we spend an entire week on forgiveness. And that's huge. That's one of the hardest things for us to process. Oh, I can imagine. But anyway, if you are interested at all in Deep Down and Dirty, I highly suggest that you go listen to my free workshop. The It's free? It's totally free. It's oh, about cool. an hour long. It's a little under an hour. But I talk about the five major shifts that you have to employ in order to get you there, to go right. from – being this perfectionist, people-pleasing doormat <laughs> into this place where you're a really bold and boundary badass. And so if that's you and you're like, fuck, 2020 has got to be different, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Have a watch through it. It'll show you the very next available viewing. So if it, if you're not able to make that viewing, just go whenever you're able to watch because it'll show you, you know, sort of the next available time slot. Bold and beautiful badass. I right. Like that. And bold and boundary. Uh, boundary. That's that's right. Which is not actually technically a word, but I use it all the time. <laughs> boundary isn't a word? I don't think so. It always comes up as a spell check. Really? Yeah. Huh. But at the end of that workshop. Oh, now he's going to fact check me. <laughs> at the end of that workshop, you will see an opportunity to book a completely free session with a member of my team to talk about if deep down and dirty is right for you, if it's the exact steps that you need to take in order to change what you've been contending with. So again, your first step, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. All right. So let's talk about then briefly, what are the five stages of loss and then how do we cope with them? Like what, okay, this is great. I see what you're saying, Amy. That's for sure me. Now what do I do with them? So the have you figured out if boundary is a word? Uh, it is technically not a word. See? Like in the dictionary, but 
they're saying that it is used as a synonym for things and uh, it's also used as an adjective. You know what word actually changed in the dictionary? Hmm. Much to my chagrin, literally. Is it really? Now, Don't the, even tell me. The final version of it means <laughs> it's like how millennials and fucking Z Gen uses it. How the Kardashians use it. Like I'm literally dying is now <laughs> it's it's basically means like dramatically or whatever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look it up. You're dramatically the, dying. It it actually has three definitions that are right exactly what literally means, like literal. And then the final one is like, eh, and it's also used totally incorrectly in this way. <laughs> wow. Okay, so moving on, five stages of loss. So this comes from the work of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and we will put a link to her book on grief and grieving in the show notes page. She is kind of the pioneer on all things grief, and she has broken down sort of a systematic way that people go through processing grief. So the first stage is denial. This is when you know that somebody died, but you don't really think it happened. Or you went through a breakup. Can't, can't believe it. Yeah. And you just don't think that it's really, truly over. Or right. you didn't get the job or you didn't get the role. And you don't quite believe – you think that any second now they're going to call and tell you they changed their mind. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. that it didn't really happen. That usually for most people is fairly short. Not, not always, but – Usually we jump right into the next three stages and we dance around in these three stages for a long ass time. And those next three stages are anger, bargaining, and depression, which is mm. also sadness. Yeah. Okay. So the anger piece is when we are so pissed at being passed over by the job, about being broken up with, about the fact that we have to deal with this, whatever it is, right? Bargaining is when we go... This is a great example of this is with my workouts. Well, and I think you might have this too sometimes. Well, maybe maybe if I do this, I can still get my weights in. Or maybe if – and we're not actually addressing that our physicality is saying, hey, you have an injury. You can't do that. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe I could – it kind of sounds like maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it, kind of, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> but bargaining is, oh, well, maybe if I call her, we can work this out. Maybe if – if I ask to get my job back, we can do it. Maybe, And it's where we were trying to figure out a loophole. Depression or sadness is pretty straightforward. Sure. It's down in the fucking dumps. Mm -hmm. It's I typically like to use the word sadness as opposed to depression just because in our society, depression gets such a heavy, heavy tone. Yeah, it gets used quite a bit. And it usually comes with uh, the undertone of needing medication. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that it is clinical and all of that. And sometimes it is. Yeah, sometimes absolutely. it absolutely is. Absolutely. But uh, you can be depressed without that. That's right. Yeah. So sadness is kind of removed. Exactly. I see, I see that. Yeah. And then there's also sometimes when we're grieving something like, for example, you know, I've used the example of not getting a role in a stage production. I'm sad. I'm not really depressed. Right. You know, I'm just really bummed the fuck out. And the, the – Duration is usually fairly short, yeah. right? And then the final phase is acceptance. Now, most people, like what I was saying earlier, like if you have something where you're still really angry at your parents or you're really angry at an ex and your grieving period has gone on for decades, 
There could be times when you are a little more sad. There might be times when you try to bargain like, well, maybe I should make amends with my father. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should reach out. Anger, getting really pissed, like, why the fuck do I have to deal with this? Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to deal. And we dance around all the time before we get to acceptance. So if you have, if you've still noticed, like, for, I'll be really candid. I still have not completely grieved the loss of what I wanted my upbringing to be. I still mm. have a lot of anger around religious things. Sure. It's come a long, long way. Yeah. But I've certainly not reached full and total acceptance. So there's still more work to be done. So what does that actually mean? What does that actually look like? And this is one of the reasons why people do Deep Down and Dirty is to start figuring out how can I get to that place of acceptance with the way things have been, but also accepting me and who I am at this place in my life. Mm -hmm. So some ways to cope. You have to process, okay? You have to feel your feelings. Yeah. And this can look a ton of different ways. This can be about getting support and having allies. It can be about going through a program like Deep Down and Dirty. It can be about searching out like a grief group or talking with a therapist, talking with clergy or somebody at your church. It can be any number of things. I've heard of Punching bag. Oh, yeah. Um, throwing paint on the wall and doing art. <laughs> right. That, and that's so that's a great example of things to pro the ways to process anger. So anger oftentimes needs something that matches the intensity. Oh, I see. Okay. So because anger is so intense already, right. it is it's journaling, maybe it's punching things. I've often told people to beat the shit out of their bed, like just go <laughs> crazy beating up their bed, scribbling furiously, yeah. primal screams can be incredibly helpful. Primal Screams. And they That's might the have to- my band. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with a band, Primal Scream. Um, and I flick my hair. Back and forth. <laughs> so all of those things can be really helpful. And depending on the intensity of it, you may have to do them multiple times. Yeah. Right. And that's where our society goes. No, 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 no. Let me just have the ice cream. Let me just have the booze. Let me just Netflix it out. Let me just overwork. Let me just overparent. Let me do all of the things so I don't have to really mourn the loss of my childhood. Yeah. Right. Or whatever it might have been. Sure. Also, huge, huge, huge piece of this is, and this is another one of the reasons why we cover it for a week in Deep Down and Dirty, is forgiveness, is doing forgiveness work. So yeah, right. obviously we're getting down there on time for today's episode, but I'm going to link in the show notes to a forgiveness pod that I've done. Forgiving both yourself. Sometimes you have to grieve shit you did. And sometimes it's forgiving other people. And I've done pods on both of those things. Hmm. I think it's it's equally as hard to yeah. forgive others as it is to forgive yourself. Absolutely. It might even be easier to forgive others. It it really it's, depends. Sometimes, yeah. It, it and also depends how egregious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The infraction was right. Sure. So, those are the those are the major stages of loss, and really learning how to process and feeling your feelings is such an art form. You gotta feel your feels. And almost always, that's what shows up first, and we push it down, and we go, "I don't want to feel this." Just push that way down. Yeah. And maybe we'll Bottle do shit up. Maybe we'll do a little grief part two next week and talk a little bit okay. more about really. That's what's in the bottles that are on your fingers. What? 
all those emotions that you haven't oh. processed. <laughs> so we got to chuck it in the fuck it bucket. <laughs> or maybe it's in the bucket. Yeah, That's right. All right. So we will – we'll do another – we'll do a part two part next two? week so yeah. we can elaborate a little bit more on this. Cool. But uh, – and thank you so much for your insight. Anything else you wanted to throw in the mix? I would like to just give you the informal definition of literally. Oh, oh. I, I looked it up. Okay, excellent. Use – there's irony all over this. Okay. Use for emphasis or to express strong feelings while not being literally true. Uh, they actually use the li- word literally in the definition. <laughs> literally means not literally true. That's exactly what you just said. Literally means use for emphasis or to express strong feelings while not being literally true. Uh, Isn't that crazy? Kardashians. <laughs> it's idiocracy, man. Oh, it's man. happening. That – and that right there makes me feel fucking old. Because or, it yeah, makes you know what? Every generation goes through that. Like we used bad. <laughs> Back in my day. Meaning good in our day, right? Like, oh, that's bad. Right. And right? then sick. And sick. And it was not vomiting or any kind <laughs> or of nauseous. feverish kind of symptom. Right? Not feverish of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a feverish event. It was in fact. Maybe feverish should be a good yeah. like slang. Oh, feverish, oh, that's feverish, man. bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring it back. Stop trying to make feverish happen. <laughs> That's amazing. This is conversations we have all the time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll throw it back. Thank you. Thank you for fact-checking this episode. Yeah, right. I so appreciate it. And if you are interested in Deep Down and Dirty again, take an hour for yourself. Go watch that workshop and then book a call. You'll see the opportunity to do the, do that at the very end. And you can do that at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. All the links of everything I mentioned in this show will be in the show notes page at thejoyjunkie.com 338. And if you are scared to watch that video, good. Yeah. Do it anyway. That's right. That means you should be watching. Yeah, me and your intuition is probably telling you something. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Ms. Smith, out. Out.